Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I am your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Ashley Bennett on with us. Ashley, how are you? Living the dream. How are you? Living the dream. I love it. We're stoked to have you on here. What's up? What have you been up to? Give us a little rundown on yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Yeah, so I live in South Florida. I'm right outside of Fort Lauderdale. So I have a lot of access to the beach, which I know I'm really lucky for. Um, what I do, I'm actually a professor um, at a medical school, um, but I really love scuba diving. So I just came back from an awesome trip, actually, just a few weeks ago to Turks and Caicos, where I did some diving. It was awesome. That sounds insane. How clear was the water? So clear. It's so funny you bring that up. It, it was very Bimini-esque. If anybody's been to the Bahamas, you just know the water is crystal clear. Um, yeah. And it reminded me so much of Bimini. And just the visibility was fantastic. That sounds amazing. What else have you been up to since um, the last time we talked? I mean, you went to Turks and Caicos. Have, do you guys or do you go over to that um, zone a lot and dive over there? Or do you mostly dive around in Florida? So this is my first time ever diving over there. Um, yeah, I, okay. I do some beach dives in, in Florida, but I'll tell you, it's kind of depressing when you go elsewhere and realize just the <laughs> reefs we don't have because we have such bad coral bleaching down here that honestly, yeah. when I went to Turks and Caicos, I was first taken back by all the different corals, the shapes, the colors, how many of, you know, the variety, because things are very yeah. br- brown in South Florida, unfortunately, or, or bleached. Yeah, that's great. So that's your first time over there. My first time over there. Yep. What did you expect? Like going, going over there? Did you know that the diving was going to be that crazy? Or were you just like, I'm going to just go, I'm going to wing it. Let's have a good time. Well, you know, I, it was an all inclusive resort. Um, and those almost always kind of spoil you a bit. I think when you're scuba diving, because if you do your own dives off the beach, you know, you're really putting all your stuff together by yourself. And, um, there's a little bit more, uh, responsibility, I think. And it kind of, it's more of a luxury when you go on these all inclusives because they're the ones getting the gear um, on the boat for you kind of doing the heavy lifting and a lot of that. So I was looking forward to a little bit of that, but I have to tell you in terms of expectations, every time you scuba dive, you really never know. So I feel like I always have very low expectations in terms of what I'll see because just getting to go is awesome. If I see sea life, that's a bonus. And um, every single dive, it was, I mean, almost bucket list. I mean, my very first time down there, um, I've always seen turtles from the surface or when I've been in the boat, but I've never been, I swam with one and I got to do it this trip. Tons no of reef sharks. Yeah, it was awesome. That's rad. Yeah. That sounds insane. The last podcast we were talking about like free diving with, um, with sharks and um, I haven't seen sharks on a scuba dive in a while. And so getting to go down every single dive, I saw reef sharks. Um, it's such a different, um, vibe you know it's like you're really seeing them kind of untouched down in the reef not bothering anybody the best so i know i've probably asked you this before but like how did you get into scuba diving because obviously for the people listening in there's a big difference between scuba diving and free diving like i free dive i use a snorkel and mask i go hold my breath that's free diving but ashley's under the water for i don't even know how long i don't know how long your tanks are but you're literally under the water and just you're breathing yeah. Yeah. Literally you just summed up scuba diving. You're under the water and you're breathing. 
Um, well, you know, I think one of the big differences too with scuba diving and free diving is free diving, I think requires you to be in certain shape, right? Like you have to, um, really maintain that, um, uh, like lung capacity and, you know, be in shape for free diving. Scuba diving is more, um, forgiving in that you can go a while without scuba diving and be just fine when you go again. Uh, how I got into it, um, my dad grew up scuba diving, scuba diving. So, um, you know, when I was, I think I was 16. I went ahead and got certified. Um, and so he was the one who got me into it, but, um, it's a, it's a very serene experience. I feel like I'm probably not at your level free diving. So it's more I'm stressful horrible. to me. Oh, <laughs> well, well, it's more stressful to me to free dive. Cause I think I'm always thinking like, you know, when you're, when you're scuba diving down there, um, no thought, just really Zen, um, and peaceful. Yeah, I bet it's so amazing. I've scuba dove in a pool one time. That was pretty mm -hmm. cool. But yeah. that's about it. But I really want to die. I want to scuba dive and like learn all about it. And I want to get my license and stuff. Like, I think it'd be so rad because I see those guys get out of the water and I'm like, dude, that's so sick. Like, I can hold my breath. Yeah. But it takes so much out of you. You come home and you're just like, I'm going to go to bed. Like, scuba diving, I feel like yes. you can just relax and like not really freak out. Free diving is gnarly. Well, and you're right, because honestly, with scuba diving and something that I'm continuously practicing and, and people who've been doing it for years, they're fantastic at this. Actually, turtles are fantastic at this, uh, controlling their buoyancy, right? So that you really, ideally, when you're scuba diving, you're, you're not really kicking much at all, right? You, you reach this perfect buoyancy, it's neutral buoyancy, where you really are just like hovering over the reef. So to your point, you're not exhausting yourself. Um, and it takes a lot of practice in adjusting the air in your, uh, your BCD and kind of reaching that perfect neutral buoyancy. That's how the turtles do it on the bottom, you know, so they don't just skyrocket to the top. Um, so it is super relaxing. I mean, I, I feel like I can almost convert anybody into scuba diving because it's, um, I haven't met anyone who doesn't like it. I love that. That's so rad. So back to Turks and Caicos, what kind of, um, amazing wildlife did you see? Yeah. So. Here's also the problem with scuba diving. It always feels like you're down there for five seconds. And it's been like, yeah. you know, 30, 35 minutes. But especially when you go to really diverse reefs like that, I almost feel like you could spend a whole tank looking at just like a two by two square foot section of a reef because there's just so much going on. It's like finding Nemo. It's like, you know, there's a whole city down there. Really, I feel like I'm not even exaggerating. It's a city going on. And so I think with scuba diving, people think, oh, you know, if you see the big stuff, that's awesome. But it's also really cool to just to see all the inner workings and the relationships of all these animals, who's eating the coral, who's chasing the other fish. Um, we saw huge, huge goliath groupers down there, um, lots, huge, massive lobsters, biggest ones I've ever seen in my life, bigger than what we have here in South Florida. Um, the turtle was amazing. Uh, like I said, multiple, multiple sharks. It was awesome. What are like the essentials that you're bringing with yourself on a trip to um, somewhere like that? That is such a good question because one thing that I think is the, the most difficult thing to decide is what you're going to wear underneath. Um, yeah. You know, and I think it's kind of diver preference. Sometimes, I mean, I, I tend to get chilly even if I'm in tropical waters because, you know, you're thinking you're dropping down to 60 feet, right? It can get chilly down yeah. there. And so, you know, you decide if you want to wear a wetsuit or not. Actually, for this trip, I just wore... Uh, um, like a salt life rashy and um, you were totally warm I was totally warm and just like a bathing suit wow warm. yeah so that was actually really nice because a wetsuit just adds another kind of you know thickness and dimension you got to deal with nobody yeah. likes getting in and out of a wetsuit 
Um, so that's really all I bring with me. To be honest, you bring your dive card. I have uh, dive insurance, so I always bring that stuff. Um, but that's and then I have my own uh, mask and snorkel. Yeah, I was going to ask. You bring your own mask. I tend to just because I have one, honestly. But I've used plenty of times the ones that these dive centers have, and absolutely fine. Yeah. So when you're at home and you're diving at home, what's like the equipment? Give me like a down and dirty rundown of like the equipment that you have, and like how big is your tank? I want to know like the the little things that I want to I want to learn about as a newbie. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, of course. I will preface this with, I am definitely probably not a pro with this. I, I think one thing about scuba diving, probably the same about free diving is it is very humbling. You know, you see these guys out of these dive shops who just live and breathe it. And I just feel like I always have imposter syndrome when I do this until I get in the water. I'm like, okay, yes, I remember how to do this. Um, so there's three main things though. I feel like people assume you're, you're wearing just tons of equipment because it kind of seems that way, but you really have your tank, right? Holding all your air. Um, you have your buoyancy control. Um, device. That's that big vest you're wearing that I talked about earlier. Um, and then, of course, your regulators, right? Uh, the tubes, it looks like these long tubes. Then you have your uh, regulator. You also have a console on there. That's how you're checking your air while you're out down diving, right? So it's not a surprise when you run out. Um, and so that's really all you're working with. And then, of course, your fins, your uh, mask, and your snorkel. How long does the tank last you? So this is actually interesting, and it completely depends on the person. So, for example, um, if you smoke, if you're a smoker, you breathe more rapidly and you'll, you'll really go through a tank much quicker than, um, you know, somebody who is a non-smoker, right? Um, yeah. or if you're really nervous on a dive and you're breathing much more quickly, you're going to, you know, just blast through that tank. If you can reach that point where you're just really relaxed, slowly breathing, you're going to get more time out of the tank. So you can probably estimate though, probably about a 30 minute dive, um, when you're down there on a tank. Yeah. About 30 minutes. That's amazing. That's really good. Yeah. When you're down there, are you like bringing a camera or a GoPro? So you're just filming everything? Totally. I had the GoPro the whole time. Yeah. And actually, it stresses me out because when you go that deep, right, the uh, color red actually doesn't penetrate that deep. And so you have to wear the red lens. You Maybe you know if you, if you ever uh, get any footage down there, you attach a red lens onto your GoPro or camera. Otherwise, all of your photos and videos look really washed out because it's missing the color red, right? Um, oh, wow. But it makes me really nervous because when you're on the surface, everything has like a red tint to it, right? Until you get down there in the red. What? You know, That's don't crazy. quote me, but I think red only, the you know, red light waves only penetrate like 10 feet, maybe 10, 15 feet. So any deeper than that, um, you're basically removing that from the color wheel. So yeah, I had my GoPro actually in Turks and Caicos. There was a guy down there with like a National Geographic type underwater <laughs> housing camera. Like yeah, this yeah. guy was legit, you know? Uh, so yeah, that was cool. So when you go dive in other countries or wherever, your scuba license that you have, does that go over yeah. there and you're totally good? Totally. Totally good. Wow. And, you know, I think with scuba diving, like I said, you know, there's that luxury of not having to go often and you can still do it, right? You don't have to be in this perfect physical shape. But you, uh, one recommendation I 1000% have is don't skip out on a refresher class, right? Like it's easy to maybe lie and say, no, I went last month when, you know, maybe you've gone a while at these resorts. Um, and so they offer uh, refresher courses just to go through the basics really quick. It cannot yeah. hurt, honestly, um, because if you don't do it, it's not something that you're thinking about every day. I know that's kind of scary. If you're not doing it, it's not doing it every day. That's kind of sketchy to like 
hop back in the water you do like a 70 foot dive and next thing you know you're like oh i totally forgot to check a piece of equipment out or something exactly the refresher courses sound pretty cool to me what, yeah speaking of speaking of safety and stuff what kind of like rules and regulation and stuff and uh things do the governments have that have safety precautions and safety things uh going towards diving well that's a really good question i i couldn't tell you what you know, federal or statewide policies or regulations are in place other than, you know, um, boats respecting dive flags. I've seen so many times, even when divers are out there from beach dives, that they're um, a little dive flag that you tow as you dive. Um, boats yeah. get just so close and it's terrifying. Um, so I feel like a lot of the responsibility ends up falling on the diver because boat diver, boat's going to win, right? So you have to kind of bear the responsibility, just be extra vigilant. And And really in terms of safety though, um, things like safety stops. Um, so if you go more than 30 feet down, uh, you have to do a safety stop when you come up. I'm sure you've heard of the bends. That's like the worst thing that can happen to you if you're scuba diving. They always, yep. they always say if there's a bull shark down there, you're better off with the bull sharks than just, you know, swimming to the surface too fast because you'll get the bends. Um, so I would also really recommend in terms of safety going with the dive master. Um, if you don't go often because they're going to know that I went with dive, you know, when you do those excursions, um, or you go to these these resorts that are built for diving, they know the reefs, they know the currents, they know the wildlife. So always kind of respecting that is important. I love that. That's amazing. So before you go on a dive, what's your routine like getting your gear ready? My first routine is always trying to figure out what to do with my hair because it's such a pain. <laughs> you know, if even the slightest piece always seems to find its way into my mask and then it's like filling up with water. And it's not too big a deal when you're scuba diving. You end up, you know, uh, kind of uh, clearing out your mask all the time. If it fogs up, you can just clear it out. So it's not so bad, but it sure is annoying. So I, I, if anybody has tips out there in the salt life community, you know, hit your girl up. I feel like I'm always trying to figure out what to do with my hair. So that's number one. Um, but, you know, even when I'm on these excursions, like I mentioned, when they have the gear ready for you, always double checking, right? Double checking your tank that it has air in it. They, they're doing multiple trips a day. You could have gotten the dud tank that has no air in it. You don't want to find out when you're in the water. Um, just making sure none of your uh, equipment's damaged. I think just being hyper vigilant with that stuff because you just don't want to play around, even if you've been diving a thousand times um, with that kind of stuff. When you're assembling all of your gear and stuff, how does that work? Like, do you, you guys have to take the tanks apart from the back pieces and go get them filled and stuff? Give me the, the rundown on like assembling your gear before you go too. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, if you go with um, like a dive shop or a dive company or, um, you know, what t it's, it's essentially anytime you're not going just by yourself, um, they'll have the tanks already filled for you. If not, you just go to a dive shop. I would go, you know, go rent a tank or I own my own tank and they could fill it up for me there. Um, and then you'd be renting the um, BCD, that vest I was talking about and all the, the regulator equipment. Um, and then you're really responsible for putting it together, usually on the boat. Um, and then, um, knowing what weights to bring down, you have to, you do have to, um, tuck your pockets with weight. Um, so, so that's really what you're responsible for. Those three big pieces of equipment, um, should be provided for you, but then you are assembling it, right? You're strapping on that BCD vest. You are, um, twisting, you know, uh, screwing in the regulator. I'm attaching that. So that's on you. As far as somebody that wants to go learn how to scuba dive would you recommend going and like taking like week long classes or is there other shorter classes and where, where would you begin to, to start scuba diving? That's a good question. 
Um, it depends, you know, uh, it depends on what your preference is. So mine, I, I had a lot of free time. I think it was like, you know, over the summer. So I had um, a lot of free time. And so I did um, kind of back to back classes. You, um, you do, forgive me, it's been a while, but you do do pool classes, right? Like two or three full days in the pool. And then your very last test, you go out in the ocean, you practice all the skills underwater. Um, so, you know, some people take weeks or months in between those classes. Some try to stack them back to back like I did so that you can get the license quicker. So it depends on how it fits into your lifestyle, what your local dive center is offering. Um, it's personal preference, but you know, you can definitely expect, um, to learn absolutely everything that can go wrong when you're diving. That is what you're yeah. doing when you're being certified. So you don't just get thrown in like, what if I run out of air, right? You practice almost every scenario. So you feel really comfortable by the time you're actually in the ocean. So when you go to test at the very end of it, are you doing like a physical test with a dive instructor in a pool or in the water somewhere and they're watching you and making sure that you're totally good to go? Exactly. So there's a, a checklist that they have of skills you have to pass. Um, actually, yeah. I remember if you if you remember, I said I was like 16 and I was my dive partner that I was doing this with. I was just some random stranger. He was this older guy who was bragging to me about he's been diving all over the world. And so he got <laughs> off the beach and um, literally the very first task was like dunking our heads under. We hadn't even like descended to the bottom and just removing our mask in case it would come off, you know, simulating it coming off in a dive. Yeah. Putting our mask back on and then, you know, you um, actually blow air from your regulator to clear all the water out. A literal meltdown. Meltdown. He had a meltdown. So so I'm there at 16 with this grown man, like watching this guy have a meltdown. The dive instructor actually had to just calm him down and he ended up finishing the whole thing. Um, but you can never be too cocky, I guess, is the moral of that yeah. story. So, th so there's a checklist. Yeah. Things like taking off your mask. Um, uh, clearing your mask, taking out what happens if your regulator popped out of your mouth, putting it back in. What if you ran out of oxygen, getting oxygen from your buddy, that sort of stuff. Yeah. What kind of advice and tips do you have for people that are either really good at diving on here listening or people that are beginners like myself who are just trying to learn about this? Go as much as you can. I think no matter where you are experience wise, like don't let imposter syndrome stop you. If you're brand new listening to this, you absolutely can do it, right? And it's going to be absolutely life-changing. If you are somebody who gets queasy snorkeling because of all the, the waves and the rocking, you don't feel anything down on the bottom. So don't count yourself out. And then I think the best advice I've heard from people who do it a lot um, is the same thing. I think don't get lost from the experience itself. Don't get caught up in really fancy, expensive gear, right? It's all about just the sport and the activity of it. Um, so just getting back to your roots of why you do it because it's, it's like nothing else. Yeah, you get to hang out down there, see a whole new world, right? Yeah. I mean, Finding Nemo, I hope you go one day and you're going to say, ah, Ashley said like Finding Nemo and she was right. That's how it always feels to me. Uh, that'd be so rad. I really want to go scuba dive. I, I remember doing it in a pool and that's mm -hmm. the only time I've done it. But I, I was like offered a class yeah. in like high school or something and I should have done it. I should have done it. You Looking back, I'm like, dude, I didn't know that I was going to be this involved in the ocean, you know? Sure, sure. Hey, it's never too late. You got to do it. I know. I know and there's definitely classes around here I could take for sure. And there's also a bunch of levels I should have mentioned, but there's levels to certifications. I, I couldn't quote oh, them wow. to you by, you know, I'm an open water diver. So that's just your basic, you know, diving. And so it limits you to depth. But there are people who like get specific license for cave scuba diving or rescue really? diving, being a rescue diver. Yeah. Wow. So your first one is that open water. And then you can just keep tacking on these different kinds. So there's tons of stuff. Dang. 
Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I never knew that. Yeah. I think two people get wigged out about the depth thing. And, you know, another piece of advice I would have would be just always go at your own pace. I mean, I, it varies so much by die for me, how quickly I even descend, right? How my ears are popping. If I'm like even slightly congested, it might take me a little bit longer to um, totally. e- equalize. And so I feel like kind of when you go with a group, there tends to be pressure for you wanting to go down um, as quickly as everybody else. But certainly yeah. if you go and you equalize at your own pace, you will feel no difference whether you're five feet below or 60 feet below. Um, I think that's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Do you have any upcoming trips? Um, no. Uh, yeah, actually, I do have an upcoming trip. It's I, I almost said no because it's, it's down here. But um, one thing I'm, I'm uh, booking actually next month is the um, Key Largo has the largest coral restoration program in the whole world. It's federally funded. Um, and so if you've heard of like a little coral nurseries, you know, like I told you, our coral reefs are being bleached so much by global warming. Yeah. And so they have these little nurseries where you, it's like a two tank dive. You go out there, you help take care of the baby corals. And then on the second tank, you go out and explant them. And the ones that are grown up enough, you go put them in their new home at the reef. And that no way. to me, like the coolest thing in the world. So that's actually my next size. Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds amazing. That's so fun. It's kind of cool. You get to go punch a dive and do something given back to the environment. And it's right in Key Largo. So anybody even listening, you know, Keys are a popular destination for people visiting or traveling. It's right in Key Largo. So that's really cool. I love that. Uh, Ashley, you have Instagram and social media, right? I sure do. Yeah. Shout that out so people can follow your adventures. I will. You know, I actually like somewhat recently changed my name. So I have to look it up. It's it's a (laughs) shark wrangler, like the Jeep, like a Jeep wrangler. You know, I thought that was clever. Shark wrangler underscore. Uh, That's my Instagram. Love sharks, I love, love it. Jeep, you know? Dude, that's so sick. <laughs> You're so, so you classic. I love it. Ashley, thank you so much for hopping on and talking to us about diving. No, I appreciate it. I expect a full report. Everybody is a witness now that you're going to be doing scuba diving. We want a report on the next class you do. We need pictures. Pictures where it didn't happen, you know. I will do it. I just got to find time. But I actually do want to get my license. And then you're good for life with that license. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was awesome in the chat with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks, everybody, for listening in, and we'll catch you guys next time. See you, Ashley. Bye. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.